0: Good morning, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed your breakfast cereal, your Saturday morning cartoons, and now it's time for a little learning. From May 15th, 2012, my select pick for this week is Interpol, colon, World Police. Because why not? I never knew much about Interpol at all, actually, before we did this podcast. And I learned quite a bit myself, and I think you will too. So if you haven't listened to it, I hope you enjoy it. And if you have, give it another whirl. Here we go with Interpol right now. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Uh, And since you put the two of us together with microphones as we are now, uh, and press record, you get stuff you should know. That's right. A little podcast. Just a little podcast. Squishy little podcast made of silicone. <laughs> How are you, sir? Uh, I'm pretty good. Your papers, please? Nah, no. What was that? I know. Interpol. Is that uh, you sounded <laughs> like um, the little Asian man who gives the box to Pinhead, the man who eventually becomes Pinhead. watches your pleasure, sir? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's kind of who you wow. reminded me of.
0: Well, then that's what I was doing. Good one. My first good impression
1: yet. The guy has Interpol written all over him. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's got a uh he's got an orange notice out on him, I'll bet ya. Or hey. Green. We'll get on that later. Chuck. Yes. I'm pretty much hundred percent sure you had nothing to do with this, so you may not have heard about it. Okay. Um back in uh two thousand eleven, about this time, March two thousand eleven, Interpol, the International Police Organization, mm-hmm. cracked a um child pedophile ring nice the the biggest one ever really centered on a website i i guess appropriately enough called boylover.net wow run out of amsterdam boylover.net is just a straight up legitimate gay porn site but there was a forum there with like seventy thousand members with uh-huh. that like said well hey you're into this kind of thing too huh um, I got a video that you're going to love, and I also have a little boy that I'm going to mail to you.
0: So this wasn't affiliated with the
1: website? No, they are just okay. using one of the forums as a, gotcha. a meeting place for pedophiles. But Interpol busted these guys up, rescued um, 230 kids, Wow. arrested 184 um, suspects just in the first sweep. They sent William Neeson in? It Pretty much, yeah, yeah in 30 countries.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Good for them. It is good for them. It's just one of the many victories and triumphs over pederasty that Interpol can boast. That's right. And not just pederasty, like all sorts of huge international crimes. Anytime there's a crime syndicate or a ring, you need to watch out because Interpol's watching you. Interpol is right behind you. What is your pleasure, (laughs) sir?
0: Uh, And this was actually fan-generated. This came off Facebook like three days ago. Oh, really? I wish I would have got the guy's name. Some kid was like, hey, can you do one of Interpol? And I went, yeah, sure. Are you sure he wasn't talking about the band? He might have been. <laughs> are they still around? Yeah, they're still around. Uh, yeah. They are.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know what they're doing these days. Though. I'm not a fan, so I don't know. You're, how do you not like Interpol? <sighs> and I, just like...
0: I, I listen to their music and it didn't sit right in my ears.
1: Huh. I'm surprised. I you thought like
0: everybody them? liked Interpol. Yeah, they're just good. Yeah? Yeah. You think? All right, Interpol the international criminal police organization or icpo mm-hmm. or if you're in france where they're headquartered you might call it the Organes- <laughs> organisation internationale de police criminelle very nice which is pretty much the same thing just and in different
1: word order i didn't know this but criminal is feminine oh yeah yeah i didn't realize that
0: they like the ladies Yes. <laughs> all right. So, as you said, Josh, they are an international, um, fully autonomous, not affiliated with any single country. Right. Organization. I think there are 186 countries. 190 now. Oh, really? Uh huh. And they all contribute to the to the budget to the kitty
1: based on their size and their GDP and some other factors. Like crime. It's very. <laughs> it's very fair. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's very important, like you said, that they're not beholden to any one country, um, and that they remain neutral, and they don't in, they don't in, engage in any um, any uh, investigations into th- political stuff. Yeah, things um, contributing or, or being centered on race mm-hmm. or um, religion. That's right. Man, my brain is not working today. <laughs> That's <all> right. My, <sighs> my brain is. Uh,
0: so what they do. Josh, you just said what they don't do. What they do do, uh, terrorism, sexual they, they abuse. They do terrorism like nobody else. <laughs> sexual abuse, uh, especially with children, yeah. which is what you just talked about. Yep. Um, organized crime, uh, international fugitives, computer crime, um, stolen art, money laundering, human trafficking, yep. illegal drugs, smuggling, environmental crime, anything that crosses international borders, yes. almost. You're going to find Interpol helping <laughs> helping out with, but
1: and you said the magic phrase helping out. Like Interpol doesn't have, they don't run around like arresting guys, like no. freeze bad guys. It is Interpol, um, and they uh, they don't have Interpol jail, as Ed Grabanowski <laughs> yeah. points out. Yeah. Um, but what they do is they serve as this international meeting point for. Um, already established national agencies, right? Yeah. So let's let's do a little scenario. All right. I'm FBI agent Todd Ridgway of the Des Moines, Iowa field office. Okay. And you're agent Vinnie Testaverde of the <laughs> um, Polizia <laughs> di Stato in Italy. And I believe a terrorist is um, hiding out near your field office in Genoa. So yeah. I'm calling you up. I'm yeah. like... Ring, Hi, ring, this, ring, ring. This is Todd Ridgway. I'm with the FBI in Des Moines. Hey, Todd. This is Vinnie Testaverde. Right. <laughs> so, end scene. Uh, what Chuck just demonstrated was how it doesn't work. Because right. Vinny Testaverde doesn't speak a lick of English, and Todd Ridgway doesn't speak any Italian. Yeah. Right? And not only that, he shouldn't have been calling Vinnie Testaverde. He should have been calling Giuseppe De Bicono. Um, who's with the local police? Yeah. Because that's what the Italian um, police bureaucracy protocol
0: calls for. But Todd, Todd Ridgway, Ridgway did not know this. He
1: has no idea. No.
0: So what does he do? He calls Interpol. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and they step up and they're like, you know who you need to get in touch with? You need to get in touch with Vinnie Testaverdi's cousin who works for the state police over there, the Polizia right. but- in Italy, because they're who's handling this case. Here's their number. In fact, let me go ahead and patch you through.
1: It, but not only that, I'm going to patch you an through,
0: and I'm going to translate
1: yeah. for you. Sure. Um, yeah, so the Interpol um, Interpol has uh, what are called uh, National Central Bureaus, National Country Bureaus. No, National Central Bureaus, yeah. NCBs. And that's like an FBI field office, but they have them in different countries around the world, and they serve as liaisons for the local or state or national police with the same, their counterparts in other countries. That's the big one.
0: Yeah. It gets, you know, when you, it's, it's complicated enough within these United States with jurisdictions and yeah. protocol, but when you open it up to the world, boy, it gets all kinds of crazy. So, luckily, Interpol is there They to, prevent
1: any peeing
0: contests? <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably try to, but I'm sure they exist. Sure. Yeah. Um, their big deal is their databases. Because the FBI and the CIA, while they might all have like, in whatever your country's databases are, crime databases, they probably just extend to that country unless it's like some sort of uh, database on terrorism. Right. Um, Interpol's databases are way extensive. They circle the globe and they can track criminals pretty much anywhere and everywhere. Fingerprints, mugshots, Mm -hmm. wanted people, DNA, you name it.
1: Um, They have a... They have a database just of lost, tra- lost and stolen travel documents. Yeah, that's got more than like twelve million files to it.
0: Yeah, I think I saw somewhere today too that they said most people don't try and recover those, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, I imagine like if you lose your passport, you're probably traveling abroad, and yeah. there's you're not getting that back. Well, you never know. Unless you go call all Interpol. up Interpol. Yeah, yeah,
0: they could have your stuff. Because who knows? They could that could have been stolen to be used in some trafficking syndicate. It's true. You and know.
1: your name could be all drug all through the mud on Boylover.net.
0: That's right.
1: Um the the database that they or the databases that they maintain are are their own, but they're open and they're accessed through this um communications network called I twenty four seven. That's kind of cool sounding. Because Interpol is um they're open 24-7, 365, even on Christmas. They're fully operational. Really? They don't close down like all the police do here on Christmas? No, because think about <laughs> it, man. Um, well, Yes, I, I get your joke. But, uh-huh. I mean, think about the skeleton crews that go down. I, I think sure. Interpol is open all the time because they cross all all um, time zones Sure, at all times. Yeah, so they kind of have to be ready to go all the time because, you know, while one guy's sleeping, the criminals in one country are sleeping. They're wide awake and carrying out bad activities in another. That's true.
0: What else can they do, Josh?
1: Oh, they serve that I-24-7. Yeah. is also a place where you can access another country's databases. Right. So this those, those nationally bound databases become international through this I-24-7 portal.
0: And Interpol oversees all of that. Yeah. So they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, they also, uh, let's say there's an international disaster of some sort, like a terrorist attack, assassination. Um, they can send an incident response team. Yeah. Um, generally coordinated through the UN. If there's some sort of a- actually a natural disaster, like the tsunami efforts, they can send people down there to help, um, identify people and look for missing persons.
1: Uh, protect kids. Cause I can guarantee you there are a lot of pedophiles who traveled to Indonesia after that tsunami. That's right. That's crazy, man. I know. That is just, that's awful. Imagine like losing your parents, being seven, suddenly an orphan, and then now there's some guy who's like, hey, you're coming to Holland with me. Right. And you're like, no, I'm not. He's like, yeah, you really are.
0: Well, you don't understand what he's saying. He just offers you the lolly. Right. In and in a car ride. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. Uh, but thanks to Interpol, <laughs> things like that are being thwarted.
1: Right. Uh, and I saw there's two types of incident response teams. Um, they have the criminal type and the disaster type. Yeah. Um, and But they both serve in an advisory capacity, and they show up with their database. Right. They're like, I can get you into <laughs> I-24-7. You need me.
0: Uh, they can act as uh, central command, though, if local authorities say, hey, we need your help to act as central command, uh, help us out with logistics. Um, I think the grabster said... In 2005, they did that 12 times. Yeah, once a month. Not bad. Yeah, no. dust off the old uh, working shoes. Yeah, they're like uh, get out uh, in the field. <laughs> yeah, time to get out of bed. Uh, how's it structured, Josh?
1: Well, I'll tell you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Interpol uh, is made up of a general assembly in which each of the member nations has one delegate and one vote makes a lot of sense. They meet once a year mm-hmm. and they vote on all the big stuff, which kind of makes it a slow lumbering bureaucracy unless they invest a lot of authority into the executive committee, which is a 13-member committee that basically carries out all the administrative functions of right.
0: Interpol. And they are elected. Right. As is the Secretary General, although it says in here appointed, I saw elected. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: No, he's elected because um, I saw this guy, Ronald K. Noble. Uh-huh. He he got an overwhelming majority re-election. of the vote for his second re-election. So he's in his third term. Yeah. First time ever. Yeah, which he's is... killing uh, it.
0: I think he's running from uh, 2010 to 2015 mm-hmm. under this current term. Yeah. And he is the first American Secretary General, if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: Yeah. And he's the first three-time Secretary General, too.
0: Been a lot of Frenchies. Uh, I think I saw one... Uh, Englishman? Yeah. And uh, there's definitely one German because there was some controversy with that.
1: I believe the president is Korean now.
0: Oh, really? hmm Okay.
1: Not to be confused with the secretary general. Right. The president is beneath him.
0: Right. The secretary general is who actually runs the day-to-day show. Right. And he's
1: headquartered um, in the general secretariat, which is the main headquarters yeah. in Lyon, France. That's right. Um, and then there's other, there's um, regional offices, there's six of them, the sixth of which is in New York, and that's the special liaison to the UN, because Interpol very wisely got in with the UN because yeah. they're like, this body has some staying power. That's right. We're going to become friendly with them.
0: Uh, you can also find these uh, place offices in Argentina, El Salvador, Thailand, Kenya, Zimbabwe, and Côte d'Ivoire. Very nice. Thank you. Did you practice that?
1: No, I, I just—it's such a one. lovely name that I've said it many it times just, rolls just to off amuse the myself. Yeah, <laughs> it means the um, coast d'ivoire in French.
0: Oh, okay. You mentioned that we all uh, all member countries chip in for the budget. Um, yeah. The budget's not a lot, though, compared to like any budget in the United States. Yeah. Uh, I think in 2007, um, the Grabster pointed it at roughly 61 million dollars U.S. or 44 uh, million euros. Which I wonder
1: what that's equal to now. That oh, 2007 dollars to 2011 dollars. Yeah, but I bet it's a big change.
0: I should have looked up the current uh, budget. Actually, yes, you should. I failed to.
1: It's okay, Chuck. Uh, let's talk about the notices. So this is their other big thing. Um, they don't just sit around and, and wait to be asked for help. They also disseminate information, and they do it through color-coded notices. They've got, um, let's see, what is that? Seven. Nine, eight? I think seven. Okay, so they have eight now because they added another one after this. After this even? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, and the different color codes mean different things. So you're going to get via teletype, possibly fax, or maybe even email. Yeah. Uh, you'll get like some sort of maybe a PDF document of, um, say, orange. Basically says, like, hey, we've got a uh, pre- we have pretty good idea that there's a, an imminent threat. And it's this guy, and he's wearing this coat. And it, he's, he's got a dirty bomb. A bomb. Yeah. yeah. So that if you get an orange one, your head better perk up and you need to look closely.
0: That's right. Uh, black is unidentified bodies. That's a sad one. That's the saddest of all notices. Um, yellow, missing persons. Yep. it's probably the second saddest. <laughs> yeah. uh, green, general information and warnings about major criminals.
1: So this one is kind of... A, it. it um, That's pretty vague. It hi- well, it highlights another function that they have um, that it wasn't explicitly stated in this article, but I gleaned using my powers of deduction okay. that they have analysts who crunch all this data, who who pour through databases, look at crime trends, look at criminal trends, and then um, come up with basically just general notices when they're sitting around with some time on their hands, they issue green notices that say like, hey, here's another angle to a case that you might not have thought of. Or, Interesting. Have you met this guy? Here's all the bad stuff he's done. He may be in your neighborhood. Right. That kind of thing.
0: And the local authorities say, yeah, yeah, Interpol, we got, we know you got some time on your hands. Right, exactly. Very nice, thank you. Uh, the blue notice, Josh, is um, individuals of interest related to a crime, mm-hmm. including possible witnesses or suspects.
1: Or Persons of interest is a good umbrella term for those kinds of people. You for know a crime I mean? that's already been committed. People who ran with the wrong crowd, were at the wrong place in the wrong time, and didn't stick around Yeah, on an international level. That's right.
0: Uh, red, uh, recently Mr. Julian Assange uh, was issued the Red Notice, which means you are wanted, and it's sort of like a worldwide APB. you
1: got to keep that. You print it out and put it on your wall. What? A red Interpol notice on you?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah, Gotcha. Although, Although with, Assange probably wasn't too fond of his.
1: No, I'll bet he kept his. You think? I'll bet he's one of the few who did. <laughs> with Photoshop, though, I mean, you can never tell if it's real or not. That's like true. You or I could make our own.
0: I mean, we should do that. Why not? I have a feeling one's coming our way. <laughs> yeah. uh, Interpol notice. Which, which is not a color. That was scary to me because it was the only one that's not a color. Unless the new one you talked about is not a color. It's a color. Okay. The Interpol notice means um, uh, it's a UN uh, Security Council special notice, meaning groups of individuals involved uh, with uh, Al-Qaeda or the Taliban are at work.
1: Yeah, people who have UN sanctions on them. Yeah. Um, Then there's now the purple notice, which um, basically it's kind of like a green notice. It's like, hey, be aware of this kind of stuff that's going on, but it's about what people are doing like international criminal trends like do you remember i think they were like pen guns there was like just a few years back there was like a a pen that could shoot and it was a a very low powered but i think interpol sent out a notice on this like hey you guys need to be aware that this thing's out there i just saw that in a movie okay well interpol probably inspired the writer interesting it was a comedy too I guarantee Interpol inspired the writer.
0: It was pretty funny. It was Fred uh, Fred Ward, Fred Ward or Fred Willard. Fred Ward. Okay. The 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 time writer
1: Remo Williams. Yeah.
0: Okay. He had a he had a pin gun and shot a dude in the neck. It was kind of funny.
1: What movie was
0: it? Uh, Thirty minutes or less with Danny McBride and uh, it was good. The guy who played Facebook. <laughs> the guy who played Facebook. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, the Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, they were, they were both in that. Yeah, it was. Sort of funny, but not highly recommended. But that scene was funny, because Red Willard's like, you think it's a pin, and all of a sudden he just shoots this dude in the neck with it. That's funny. Yeah.
1: Um, That's high comedy. (laughs) Yeah, it was very much. Um, I I watched Inside Man again last night. That's such a good movie. Which one's that? Spike Lee, um, heist movie with Clive Owen. I never saw that. Dude. Really? Yeah, Yumi hadn't seen it either. I made her watch it last night. She's like, this is a good movie. That's one of the few Spike Lee movies I have not seen. It's see that. All right. Have you seen 25th Hour? Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah, I think Inside Man has not beat. All right. So, uh, yeah, purple is just basically, like, information on new types of criminal activity that people need to be made aware of, like pen guns. Gotcha. And Fred Ward. But the pen gun was a real warning,
0: or a real purple warning mm-hmm. notice?
1: I don't know. I'm just assuming. I'm using oh, it as an okay. example. Gotcha. So let's talk about the history of Interpol. Chuck, it has a Strange tumultuous history that closely follows the tumulty of the 20th century, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, and Ed kind of breezed right over the whole Nazi part of it. (laughs) Yeah. There's been a lot of controversy over that, actually.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Why are they accused of um, colluding?
0: Well, let's back up. In 1923, they were formed in Vienna, Austria. Uh, During World War II, Ed says they were interrupted uh, when the Nazis took control. Uh, deposed the secretary general, moved to Berlin for a short time. Mm -hmm. But then after the war, everything was rebuilt They moved to Paris. And that's kind of all he said. I looked a little further into it, and it's pretty pretty controversial those years um, when it was under Nazi rule, obviously. Uh, They shared headquarters with the Gestapo, officially operated um, as a division within the Nazi security police. (laughs) And two Nazi war criminals uh, were the agency's presidents during the wartime plus they overspent on christmas parties (laughs) Uh, and then this i read a times article and some of the comments back to the editorial said you guys even kind of whitewashed it because after the war they refused to take part in the 60s and 70s in any of the nazi uh, war crime hunting, war criminal hunts. Crazy. Uh, wow,
1: I had no idea, Chuck. I'm really glad you did this.
0: Really? Yeah. And then uh, in 1968, their president uh, to 72 was Paul Dickkopf and he was an SS officer. No. He was and remained president despite them finding out about this and knowing about this, and that was pretty controversial too. Geez, I'll bet. Yeah, so. you don't re- usually want Nazis leading your organization. Former Nazis, either, no, you know what I'm saying once a Nazi always a Nazi in my opinion <laughs> well Dipkoff uh was the he was the the president for whatever four crazy. years yeah, wow, and a lot of people a lot of people say interpol is like run without uh, oversight, Mm -hmm. and they have all this access, but no one has access to their real, you know, like how they do things. It's the opposite of how Grabmanowski tells it. Yeah, it's a little more controversial than I thought once it started poking around.
1: Well, I I guess it was probably the VHS tapes that started to bring them out of the dark and into, uh, I guess, a brighter role. Remember the Interpol warning on old video cassettes? No. Was that Interpol? Oh, Yeah. Now it's like an FBI warning, but before, and every once in a while you'll still see it like Interpol warning. And so again, it's like copyright theft and piracy. Wow. Um, But yeah, apparently they now are, they've shed themselves of Nazis and have a third term secretary general who's busting pedophiles in Amsterdam. (laughs) And did you- I think that's good.
0: I'm saying. Oh no, of course. Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've apparently tried to clean up their image a lot since those days. That is crazy, man. Um, and you, did you hear about the executive order Obama signed uh-uh. in '09? It was pretty controversial among conservatives because. Little background: The International Organization and Immunities Act in 1945 was signed into law, and basically that meant the president could say certain organizations, international organizations. Uh, that worked in the U.S. are exempted from certain things like taxes, search and seizure laws. Uh And pretty much every president has said, you can be a part of this, like the Red Cross. Uh, Reagan uh, in 1983 included Interpol um, as part of that group. Songs, like four different sections, uh, dealing with property taxes, social security, federal taxes, customs duties, and... uh, having property and assets searched and confiscated. Then in 2009, Obama said those four things now you're immune from as well. So you have full immunity, Interpol does, in the United States from these things. Huh? And conservatives got up in arms about, you know, the fact that Obama had signed this. They but, they tend to get up in arms about <laughs> anything he signs. Like his his dinner check? Sure. <laughs> uh, but then people rallied back and said, well, you know... I thought you wanted someone tough on crime, and he's basically saying Interpol has more rights to do their thing in the United States, so mm-hmm. which way do you want it? Right. Or do you just want to complain about everything that he does? Uh, and the Obama administration said that, you know what, this really didn't give them any more free reign than Reagan had already given them in 83. Yeah. It just sort of uh, finished up what he started. So who knows, regardless of which side you sit on on the political aisle.
1: Obama is the new Reagan. The end. (laughs) (laughs) You got any more? Uh, Some successes? You talked about the tsunami in 2004. Sure, that was one. Um, And your your pedophile scenario. It's pretty big. Not yours. 30 countries. That's pretty huge. Um, They uh, helped identify and capture a Serbian war criminal, Milan Lukic. Lukic? Lukic? Lukic. I'll bet it's Lukic. Yeah. uh, In Argentina, coordinating between Argentina and Chile and uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina. Nice. Yeah. Um, and let's see, uh, the, they also had one. Um, you remember the Madrid train bombings? Oh, yeah. Man, I had forgotten about those. 2004? Killed 190 people, um, and they managed to catch uh, at least one guy. They, they found 21 guilty, but Interpol caught at least one guy through coordination between Belgrade, Baghdad, and Madrid offices. And did you know the 21... People who were found guilty of that got a combined 40,000 years in prison.
0: Really? Yeah. He'll probably never get out.
1: No. (laughs) No, I don't think they're going to get out.
0: And then Grabster pointed this one out. Uh, A response team obtained and disseminated fingerprints and photographs of Abu Musab al-Zarqawi.
1: Yeah, which sounds kind of whatever, but then you're like, oh, yeah, how would you get that guy's fingerprints? I guess so.
0: Yeah, I thought the same thing, and then I thought twice. I was like, no, I guess that is a pretty big deal. Yeah.
1: It's worth mentioning.
0: Yeah, sure. I didn't find a lot of stuff, though. I, I searched for more.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: And I think they're sort of behind the scenes. They, they're like, we're not going to have any big arrests because we don't do that. Um, but we're involved in a lot of those yeah, on like, the back end. on their website,
1: um, which is a pretty cool user-friendly website. Agreed. It's like, here's a lot of information that's very vague. Yeah, Like we have two kinds of response teams, criminal and disaster, and that's all we're going to say about that kind of thing.
0: And, you know, I'm interested to hear if anyone knows any more about their controversies. I'm curious. Yeah. Does your dad work at Interpol? We
1: want to know. Interpol. Um, You got anything else? No. So if you want to learn more about Interpol and, and read a very glowing review of their life and work, a very glossy, whitewashed review... Um, you can type in Interpol, I-N-T-E-R-P-O-L. And did we say where they got the name? I don't think we did. I don't think so. So uh, with the advent of telegraph communications, yeah. they were like, man, we need to uh, we need to shorten this or else people aren't going to waste the money with Western Union talking about us. Right. So they shortened their name to Interpol.
0: Instead of the longer I-C-O-P. Mm-hmm. They should just call it I-C-O-P. Yeah. I-C-O-P. Yeah. Ooh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, don't type. Well, I guess you could type icop into the uh, search bar. It's at probably Stuff some Works. Mac,
0: uh, Apple app now that allows you to, like, make citizens arrest or <laughs> right, something. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's a good one. Oh, thanks. We should go make that. Um,
1: well, yeah, type icop in the search bar at com. And I said search bar. I just did, and you know it, which means it's time for listener mail. Josh, I'm
0: going to call this. Uh, uh, I'm a brewer for Anheuser-Busch.
1: Wow, it's a big, big time One guy. of the big
0: daddies. Uh, hey guys, just finished listening to the beer podcast and felt compelled to write. Uh, I used to live in Atlanta and miss the beer scene there. I dream of the Brick Store Pub every third night. Uh, I'm a beer geek, home brewer, and also happen to now brew beer for Anheuser-Busch. Um, also now known as AB InBev, as was mentioned in the podcast. Uh, it's a pretty sweet gig that all started for me uh, by home brewing, in my Atlanta apartment closet. Crazy. Um, I enjoyed the podcast a lot, and you were pretty spot on with the info on Brewing 101, uh, except for the mention of forced carbonation. Um, I have worked, because I think we said that uh, that the big breweries like forced carbonate everything. Yeah. Not so. Um, I've worked in a couple of craft breweries, aside from my current job at Anheuser-Busch, and I had never seen this before. I can't speak for the other big guys, Uh, But our beer at uh, Anheuser-Busch is made pretty much the same way as other small craft beers. We just have much larger equipment and more automation.
1: At (laughs) Anheuser-Busch.
0: After primary fermentation, our beers are uh, lagered in a tank for as long as 21 days. In the case uh, of the famous Budweiser. I've heard of that. 21 days. Um, During the aging process, the beer is still fermenting slightly and builds up CO2 in the tank. Uh, this is how our beer is carbonated, all natural, sim- similar to the priming homebrew in bottles. And uh, that's it. He says, have a 420 on me, and I'll pick up the tab next time in Atlanta.
1: No, you send us the money first, and then we'll go have a 420 on you.
0: That's what I say, David.
1: Thanks, David. We appreciate in advance the money you'll send us for our 420s.
0: Yes, and also, I wanted to point out when we were talking about our favorite beers, I was sort of snobby with all my IPAs and all that stuff. I do love all that, but the triumvirate for me has been my staple since college, which is Budweiser, uh, Miller Highlight, and Pabst.
1: I like, yeah, I like all those. I'm fine with
0: those. Yeah, And I don't drink those as much anymore because I love the taste of like a delicious IPA, but I certainly don't turn my nose up at a Budweiser.
1: Okay, well then you're
0: definitely not a beer snob. No, not at all.
1: You like the drinking poo. You remember those kids in college? Did you know anybody in college who could, like, recite what it said on the um, neck label of the Budweiser bottle? Like, what it says? No. The writing? I didn't know anyone It's like, that. this is Budweiser, the finest beer ever produced, or blah, blah, blah. I used to go to school with kids who could recite that, like, by heart. And I always thought it was kind of sad.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know. I've never even read the bottle.
1: Yeah. It's easier if you have, like, a beach towel, because the lettering's way bigger. And you can see it more easily. <laughs>
0: Oh, and I also got called out by a fan for being a hipster for drinking Paps and I was like, dude Yeah, they, they I've know. been drinking PBR since I know like nineteen ninety three and it amused me when it became a hipster beer. I was it, like,
1: Really? It blows my mind how much we share ourselves and how much we have in the <laughs> four hundred and plus episodes. And there's so many people out there who do not know us at all. Yeah. So, um, I guess if you want to offer us money for beer, that's cool. Or you can just send us beer. We're not done with that call out yet. I'm not ashamed. Or money. Sure. You can tweet to us to get in touch with us at SYSK Podcast, Facebook.com slash stuff you should know, or an email address is as follows: Stuff Podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.